1: More resources available online at jenniferjackson.com. This is Simply for Women.
2: Yes, it is. And you know, as women, we sometimes go through dark valleys, deep sufferings and painful times. And that's the experience of our dear friend, Candy Alcoceba. And if you missed the ye- yesterday's episode, I want you to go back and hear part one of her story. And you will find that at JenniferJackson.com and look under Candy Alcoceba. But Candy, she was a pastor's wife for 30 years, as I can relate to being one for 32 years, and moved to Texas. And as she was there... In Texas, her entire family moved along with her. That would sound wonderful, her parents, her her brother, her sister. But dramatically, their life changed forever when 20 police agents showed up at her brother's home, swarming his house, and they later learned that her brother had been living a double life. So I want you to hear that full story. And the news came that um, he was going to be going to jail. So, Candy, catch us up from here. We were talking about how... Um, you lost so much, but uh, is there is there anything left of the story that you wanted to pick up on from yesterday?
1: I do, and and this is this is the hardest part of the story because um, this is this is the most painful part of the story because my brother was he wanted Christ to work, but he knew he had a lot of stuff inside of him that he needed to bring out. And as he was confessing this stuff to my brother-in-law, who is a licensed therapist, um, he was later bringing it to us. And it was a few days before we had to take him to California. And we were sitting in a circle. And my brother began to talk. And I knew something was different about that night. I I just could tell something bad was coming. And as he started talking, it it was like... A bad nightmare I couldn't get out of because he confessed to um, that he had been molesting his oldest daughter, and that that had gone on for about five years. None of us knew it. None of us had an inkling. His wife had no clue. She had found out earlier in that day. They brought it to her first. And you talk about having your world turned upside down. That's devastating. Absolutely devastating. devastating. Because this is my little brother. This, this is my blood. I didn't, this I is your niece so much, and my niece. And I could not negotiate that. This was my family. This was somebody else's family. And, and I remember going home that night and sitting in the car with my husband saying, and I, and, and, and I, I feel horrible for saying this, but saying, I wish it would have been murder because I can handle that I can walk through that, but this is such an ugly stigma, and I don't want to be any part of it i I, I just so I you want to hate him
2: you said he had to go to California, is that where he was arraigned or where he was arrested, yes. so you had to take him so there we, but but this for, you said the word stigma help me to understand this is is this the guilt or the shame that you were carrying because he was part of your family
1: so I you know, I, um, I hated the thought of what he had done to my niece. I hated the thought that this had gone on for years and we never knew that I hated that she had a secret mm. at the time she confessed she was or that he confessed she was 23. Mm. I hated all the years of looking back, of recognizing things, but not really recognizing it, you know? Everything she went through, I was angry with myself. I was ashamed of my brother. I didn't want to share the same blood as he did. Um, wow. It was so many emotions, and 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 this was my brother. This was my relative. Sure. And um, so we and we took him back. My sister and I drove him back to California. It was the longest, hardest drive. We mm. turned him in, mm. and at that point. Um, he was just being um, arrested for this crimes that he did with the city of San Jose. We showed up the next day at his arraignment, and this was big news in California, and we had no idea. The media was everywhere. Oh, and yeah. I remember sitting in the courtroom and people, journalists, standing up, turning at us and just taking photos of us. I, I had never been so thankful for the mask mandate, but at that moment I was because I was hiding behind a mask. They chased us out of the courtroom all the way to our car. It was horrible. And then a couple months later, we learned that my niece was also going to press mm-hmm. charges, which she should have. She had every right to. Mm-hmm. But it was during that time that their family began to pull away from us because my, um, my sister-in-law, you know, they couldn't understand how we could possibly still love my brother. Mm. And I have to be honest i couldn't understand i I wanted to hate him i it would have been so much easier if I could just discard him and um let him go and forget about him and hate him but i couldn't because the word of god that kind of that kind of hate doesn 't coexist with what the lord is was telling me to do, and what did um,
2: the Lord tell you to do
1: the lord he want to love my brother.
2: What does that What does that look like? So he's in prison now for how many he years? In and now. and so you he were to in, love him as a prisoner.
1: Yes. So he isn't. He. You know. We we got through the the sentencing. He pleaded guilty to all those things. One of the things the Lord kept bringing back to my mind was, my niece said in that circle that night that she was going to take that secret to the grave. Had my brother not even brought this out, she'd still be carrying that. Mm. But now she's able to get healing. Um, She didn't have that freedom to get healing. She was keeping a secret. She was carrying so much pain. Um, And my brother, you know, I think about this, you know, if the Lord would have came back or he would have died before, I don't believe my brother would have been taken home. I don't believe he would have been taken to heaven. I believe the Lord had to get him into prison to start dealing with the things that he need, needed to deal with. And um, what does it look like to love him now? It it has been um, a process because there have been moments where I've had rage. Um, you know, I've never blamed God. Um, what I, What I found myself is hiding from everyone and everything. Begging my husband to quit ministry, that was the lowest point. I, I pleaded with him to resign because I didn't want to face people as the story was coming out and people were finding out not just the stuff with the city, but the stuff he had did to his daughter. Right. I lost a I lost a lot of friends.
2: Um, you know, that was to me the most poignant thing that you when you wrote it just really hit my heart. You said you I lost my sister in law. I lost my two nieces. I lost my nephew and yes. life has never been the same. Um, but I love that you said at my darkest, lowest moment, most desperate places, God showed up. Let's speak into that. We just have three more minutes and speak into how in, when the hurt and the agony and fear were just too much, how did God show up for you?
1: You know, um, in, in the book of, uh, lamentations, you know, Jeremiah in lamentations three, he starts talking about, all the things that he is seeing, and and, and he says, you know, um, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light, and I thought about that. God allowed me to walk in this darkness, and if God's allowing me to go in this darkness, then for some reason, it's got to be a good place for me to be. I can't figure that out yet. I absolutely hated every moment of being in that place. But God was allowing it. Um, there was a lot of work that he was doing. And um, not just in my brother and in my sister-in-law and my nieces, and then, but he was trying to do something in me, too. Mm-hmm. And he was using this dark place, the darkest place I've ever been. And once I realized that God hadn't turned his back on me, he was allowing me to walk through this. What is it that he's trying to show me? And what is it that he's trying to teach me? And am I teachable? Am I turning over and turning my ear towards him? Or are my eyes fixed on everything that's around me?
2: Right. And you what, know, one of the things I think about is embarrassment. We all face uh, embarrassment for different things. We have about one minute. How did you feel the Lord's presence and help you overcome shame or embarrassment publicly?
1: It was a day-by-day day and moment-by-moment moment and person-by-person Thing he, it was a process. Um, I carried a lot of my brother's shame as if it were mine, and I don't know why I owned it, but I did. I just, when you are related to somebody, that that is that kind of a criminal. You can't help but feel shame and carry it. You just you can't help it. And God had to remind me. I would always say that I hated that we shared the same blood. And God had remind me,
2: you know, you don't share his blood. You share my blood. Mm, that's beautiful. That is such a beautiful thing. You know, I think about the cross and I think about Jesus going to the cross and how, you know, they spat on him and they, they, they stripped him naked, how they, they plucked his beard. They, all the things that they did, the rejection that he felt from the community. And that was shame. And he carried that for us and in the place that we would have hope and that we would have salvation and love and know that he covered our shame he covers our embarrassment isn't that a beautiful gift and that you've experienced that through such a dark valley but i know the lord is close to you and he loves you well thank you for being with us that's candy Alcoseba. if this story is ministered to you today go to first that's first candy Alcosiba. Well, I'm Jennifer Jackson, and you have been listening to Simply for Women. I hope you'll go to JenniferJackson.com to hear her previous episode and many, many more resources there. That's at JenniferJackson.com. Have a blessed day. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to
1: simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again, or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts, or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be,
2: simply be with God.